Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. To 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. And I want to share a message with you centered around the mystery of the cross. So the title of my message today is called The Mystery of the Cross. And to lay a foundation, we are reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The word mystery comes from the Greek word mysterion, which means it is something hidden and cannot be known or revealed except by divine revelation. That's what the word mystery means. Any truth which is unknowable except by divine revelation. According to the scriptures, true life or divine life Resurrection life comes only out of death. The soul that has not experienced the death of the Lord Jesus continues to be selfish, living a life that is unbridled. And that's why very often much of our worship and ministry to the Lord is done from the realm of the soul rather than from the realm of the Spirit. Oftentimes, the prayers that we pray and the things we are led to do are often motivated or guided by the soulish realm rather than our spirit if the power of the death of Jesus has not done its full work in our lives. That is why the Lord Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up the cross, and follow me daily. The cross is an instrument of death. Now, the reason for that is because if, if we are worshipping from the soulish realm, that's why many times we cannot tell the difference, is this my soul or is this my spirit? And the reason for that is because oftentimes when we refuse to take up our own cross and allow the power of the death of the Lord Jesus to crucify and put to death the old man with his passions and soulish desires, the death and humiliation of Christ on the cross of Calvary was a great mystery. No one could see through it. Now we are looking uh, post the cross. We're looking back. 
but at that particular time, it was a mystery uh, to the disciples. No one could see through it. The devil himself and his cohorts rejoiced because they thought that they had defeated Christ. Even the disciples lost hope because they thought that his death was the end. Well, their dreams were shattered, their faith was gone, and all they stood for, according to them, at that particular time was lost. In fact, the Bible says that if the devil knew what he was doing by crucifying Christ, he would not have done it, because his death dismantled his kingdom and brought his rule to an end, according to the Word of God. You see, this divine mystery, the mystery of the cross, this secret plan of God for the salvation of mankind was hidden in one of the foundational principles of the kingdom of God, the principle of the seed. And Jesus spoke about it in John's Gospel, chapter 12. The Lord said, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. That's written in John's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 23 through to 25. That's the principle of the seed. The destination of every seed, regardless of its kind, is death. The purpose of every seed is reproduction and multiplication. Jesus, according to the scriptures, was the grain of wheat that willingly fell into the ground and died so that through his death, he could bring forth many sons into life. That is why you and I are born again today through the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't believe that anyone can truly bear fruit or reproduce after his kind unless one is willing to go through death. True life comes only out of death. The only reason I believe that people fail to fulfill the God-given purpose is because they refuse to embrace the cross of Christ and die to themselves. Death is the pathway that is to be walked by every life that is destined to glorify God. Therefore, our view of death needs to change if we are to embrace it rather than run away from it. Listen to what 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 and 19 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. 
For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. You see, to the worldly people, to the sinner, the preaching of the cross or taking up your cross is foolishness. But to us who are saved, it is the power of God. The cross deals primarily with the corrupt nature of man. The blood of Jesus deals with our sins, but the cross deals with the corrupt nature of sin. It goes to the root of the problem and deals with the human pride and rebellion against God. It destroys the ego of man and all that he can accomplish without God. Unless one embraces the cross, he or she cannot serve God acceptably according to the way the Lord designed us to serve him, nor live the way God desires for us to live. This is God's way of humbling us, and this is God's way of bringing us to the end of ourselves. The Bible admonishes us to look unto Jesus, according to Hebrews 12, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, for the joy that was set before him, the Bible says, Jesus endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, Jesus looked beyond the cross. He looked beyond his death and saw you and me, and in that vision that he saw, he greatly rejoiced. That's what enabled him, the Bible says, to endure the pain, the suffering, and the humiliation of the cross. Here is a question. Why is it that we run away from the cross? Why is it that we run away from dying to our own selves, to our opinions, to our um, ambitions, to our very own will? I believe it's because of fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear of letting go, losing control. Fear that is rooted in the love of self. How do we conquer fear? Only one way, through knowledge. When you know what awaits you beyond the cross, you are no longer afraid to let go, to lose control to lay down your life, to lay down your opinions, to lay down your will, your ambitions, your plans, in order to receive the higher plan of God. Most of us want some kind of Christianity that is manageable without the cross and without the suffering in the flesh that goes with it. But such Christianity, my brother, my sister, does not exist not in the Bible anyway. Paul the Apostle, in encouraging the newfound believers in Asia Minor, said to them, we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. Acts 14, verse 22. Listen to what Isaiah said regarding the fear of dying. 
Isaiah 50 verse 5 says, The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was no longer rebellious, nor did I turn away. I gave my back to those who struck me, and my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting, for the Lord God will help me, therefore I will not be disgraced. You see, when we are no longer afraid of dying to our own selves, we will surrender ourselves to the instruments of death around us. And God will make sure that he will put around us instruments of death that will help us to deny ourselves. Could be your spouse, could be your boss, could be unfavorable circumstances to humble us, but God will make sure that he will present us many opportunities for us to deny ourselves. You see, when we are no longer afraid, we will surrender our will joyfully, our opinions, our ambitions, our desires, to the will of another, and let them live through our death. You know, I've learned a lesson in my years of walking with God and people. I don't argue with people anymore to prove my point of view. I let them believe what they want to believe. My opinion is not that important. You know, you learn to think that way. When it comes to my wife, she is always right. Hallelujah. I can never win an argument with my wife. So she's always right, even when she's wrong. I can never win an argument. And you know what? It's not that important. Are you listening to me? Those of you who are holding on to your opinion think you're always right. It's not that important. I have learned through the years to submit, to yield, and to die to my preference as well as my opinions. You do this willingly in the knowledge that out of your own death, out of your own uh, submission, will come true life and true joy. Many are afraid to let go and die to themselves. They are afraid to die to their rights, their privileges. They hold on to them. Afraid to die to the right of ownership. That's why Jesus spoke about taking up our cross and following him. For he said, he who loves his life, he who loves father, mother, uh, children more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves his life more than me is not worthy of me. You know, people are afraid to die to their dreams because they have not understood nor realized that death is the only pathway to something far better and far greater than they died to. When Jesus faced his own death, listen to what he said. John 12, verse 27. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Jesus was more interested in the Father's glory than saving his own life. 
God is glorified when we surrender ourselves to the cross so that he could freely live his life through our mortal flesh. You were born to die and through your death to reproduce after your kind. That's your destination. I was born in November 1952. I died on the 6th of August 1976, almost 24 years of age. The old man died. Andrea died. I was born again as a new creation in Christ Jesus. You were also born to die, and through your death, to reproduce after your kind. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31, I assure you by the pride which I have in you, in your fellowship and union with Christ Jesus our Lord, that I die daily. I face death every day and die to self. That's from the Amplified Translation. Paul understood the principle of the cross, and he yielded himself fully to the cross. That is why he said, I die daily. I face death every day, many times. In Galatians chapter 2, he said, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ now lives in me. And the life I now live in this body, he said, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So whatever we allow to pass through the cross will always come out on the other side far better and greater than it ever was. 1 Corinthians 15.43 says, It is sown in dishonor, but it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, but it is raised in power. And sure, we will always experience a sense of loss and even pain. But as we go through the valley of death and let go of something that is dear and precious to us, we do so with a sense of an inward peace, knowing that something far better awaits us on the other side of the cross. Jesus said something very profound to the two disciples who were walking on the road to Emmaus. He said to them, O foolish ones, slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? You see, every person who enters into a state of glorifying God must go through his own path of death and suffering. It will come in many different forms and different packages. In my 45 years of walking with the Lord, I have experienced death many times and in many different forms, both in my own personal life, but also as in the life and growth of this ministry. I recall in 1987, I was summoned by the Bishop of Johannesburg to appear before a committee 
to give an account of my ministry to the Greek Orthodox people. And in that meeting, I recall it was one of the most terrible evenings of my ministry. One by one, there were about several priests, I don't remember how many exactly, with the bishop. And they began to throw questions at me. Where did you study? Where's your theological degree? You cannot just go around preaching just because you say you got born again and all of that. And I recall in that meeting, literally, they crucified me, they crucified my ministry, and they commanded me to stop preaching or they would excommunicate me. The death I experienced in those days was very painful because that was my life. That was my passion. I have fervently prayed for the Greek people for months and months before I launched out into the ministry. And I recall that that, that day my soul became sorrowful unto death. I drove back to Masvingo, Zimbabwe, and for days... I could not pray, but just sat before the Lord in utter silence, confused. On the third day, I remember God spoke to me, and this is what he said. He brought a scripture to mind, which I never saw it in the light that I saw it that day. He spoke to me from 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4. Speaking of Jesus, for though he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. And then the Holy Spirit said these words, Son, fear not. They have crucified and buried your ministry, but I will raise it up and I will cause it to reach every corner of the Greek community worldwide. Well, needless to say, my soul was comforted. And I could, from that day, months went by, and I began to see the fulfillment of those words which the Spirit of God spoke to me. From South Africa, the ministry went to Greece, to Cyprus, to Canada, to Australia, to the United States, to New Zealand, and God fulfilled his word by the power of his spirit. The ministry reached every darkened corner of the Greek community. You see, you cannot kill and you cannot put to death what is of God. If it's of God, it will rise again and will touch many lives. In 1992, I was called by the Lord to leave Zimbabwe and move to South Africa and place on the altar of sacrifice my business, my ministry in Zimbabwe, our relationships in that country, our friends, as well as my financial security which came through our business. When I first heard the call of God to do that, I remember I wept. It was painful. I didn't want to leave Zimbabwe. I didn't want to leave my friends. Speaking from my own 
um, flesh point. My heart was filled with sorrow and many times anxiety. It was time to die. Again, die to all that we knew and experienced in Zimbabwe, and I sensed a sense of loss and emotional pain. Did I know that what awaited me on the other side? No, I didn't know at that particular time that God would bring us to Cape Town, a city that is far better than the one I left behind and far beyond my wildest dreams and expectations. You see, when you call to lay things on the altar, you don't always know what will come after, what's on the other side of the cross. And that's when you experience the sense of loss, the sense of pain, sorrow, fills your soul because you're letting go of something that is dear to you, something that you love. And that's why it is painful. But I want to say this to you and testify to the glory of God. Every time, every single time I went through such an experience, I always emerged from a far stronger than I have been with a greater sense of purpose greater fulfillness, and greater measure of anointing every single time. In 1998, I sensed the call once again of death to my ministry in Greece. From 1988 to 1998, I labored for 10 long years in that country, traveled three times a year, for weeks at a time, leaving my family and leaving my business and investing in the gospel in that country. Sometimes I would go four times a year, 10 years of labor, and I sensed the call of death, and God was saying to me, lay it down and walk away from it. I didn't understand it. I was confused. I was perplexed. That was very, very painful. I had a lot of questions. Why? What did I do wrong? Where have I missed it? You know, when you go through that death, that valley of the shadow of death, many, many times you, you ask questions. You don't understand why this is happening. After months of prayer and contemplation, I emerged from the prayer closet far stronger with a stronger anointing and a promotion in ministry. And today, through this ministry that has gone through death again and again and again, God has given birth to spiritual sons and daughters who are leaders in their own field of ministry, both in the church as well as in the marketplace, who are at this time reproducing after their kind. You see, they were birthed and raised through my own death and letting go of what was once dear to myself. I don't believe that any ministry can enjoy longevity, embrace, succession, bear fruit 
without going through the process of death. If there is one thing I have learned throughout the years of my walk with the Lord is this. God only uses broken people, humbled people, people that have gone through the painful experience of dying to themselves. Unless we allow the Lord to break us again and again, He cannot and will not anoint us or commission us. Psalm 51 verse 17 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. True fellowship with God, true intimacy with the Holy Spirit is only possible through brokenness. Broken means yielded to God, submitted to the will of the Father, laying down your own will, your own preference, your own ideas, and say, Lord, I lay it all down so that I may receive your will. That's what Jesus did all of his life. And ultimately, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he wrestled, the Bible says, and his sweat became drops of blood from the agony and the anxiety. And at the end, the Lord won and he said, Lord, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Even though the will of God was for him to go through the suffering and the humiliation and all that pain of the cross. And out of his death came life, not just resurrection life for him but for us as well so i want to invite you today to take a serious look at the cross your own cross as we approach the holy week and remember the suffering and the death of our lord to open up your life to the power of the cross ask the lord jesus in your prayer time to release the power of his death to do a complete work in you and me. Very often, years ago, I used to pray this way. I haven't prayed this prayer for a long time. But now and again, when the Spirit of God reminds me, I pray it. I say, Lord, let the power of the death of Christ penetrate every fiber of my natural life, my will, my thoughts, my plans, my selfish ambitions, the motives of my heart. Let the power of the death of Christ penetrate and run through that I may completely be dead to my own self so that I can live for your glory. So this is an invitation for you today as we approach this holy week. Ask the Lord, what is it, Lord, that you're calling me to die to? What is it that God is calling you to give up, to lay it on the altar of the cross, to let go of it and walk away from it? And I want you to say this to the Lord. Can you pray this prayer with me, please? Let's bow our heads and pray this prayer from our heart. Just repeat this prayer after me. 
in exchange of my life, Lord. I give up my own. I lay it willingly on the altar of your cross. And I want to say with Paul, I have been crucified with Christ. I desire to know you, Lord Jesus, and the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your sufferings being made conform to your death. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.